What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. Um, this week, we're straight into the midweek episode because at the start of the week, I lost my voice. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, obviously, Easter weekend was way too happening for you, really. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much, uh, too much uh, talking. Too much and, what, Terrence? Too much what? Too much reveling, what, reveling in the joy of, of Easter, basically. <laughs> I see, I see. I mean, mm. like the last time I lost my voice was around the, wed- the wedding back in December. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever lost my voice that often in my life. So I No, know, but I it's, just, telling, I, uh, it's telling. It's telling, right? It's like, telling. Like all these supposedly very happy occasions in your life, uh, you end up losing your voice. So, I mean... It's telling it's me a, what? What is that telling me, Terrence? No, I'm telling you that, that you have way too much fun at all these occasions, right? <laughs> your wedding and, and Easter weekend or so. Way too much fun. But I have fun at a lot of other things, right? But I never lose my voice then. Yeah, just not as much as this, right? For sure. I guess that's one way to look at it, like one way to look at it. But yeah, yeah. I had a, like a cough and a sore throat a bit last week. Then suddenly mm. Saturday, we even went down, we did our folklore pop-up, uh, which was fine. Then Saturday night, when talking to my wife, I was like, ooh, my voice is gone. My voice wow. is gone. Just like yeah, that. So, so Monday, Monday was still recovering. And now I think yeah. my voice still sounds a bit different, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, in fact, you sounded huskier. You sounded very sad on calls, on over the phone and on calls on Monday. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> you very like you've been crying the whole weekend or something. Maybe that's it, lah. Maybe that's it. Because it was also Good Friday, so you also were feeling very sad. That's why I was all. I don't know what you're getting at, I don't know. I don't know what you're getting at. It's just no, I'm when just I, saying when the I lose occasion, my voice, the occasion, the occasion overwhelms you, lah. Right. Just shut up, like Terrence. Okay, just shut up. <laughs> and the reason uh, why it sounded sad on the phone was because when I when you lose your voice, you don't want to strain it, lah. So then I just start talking like Terrence. So what's the update on the that project and all? So then mm, I sound sad. Yeah, yeah. It did <laughs> sound so sad. be it, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was okay because I think we thankfully we had uh, over the weekend we had So Ryong's podcast come out, right? So mm, I think uh, that was a you know a very quite exciting podcast for people to sink their teeth into mm. on Monday, Tuesday. But yeah, gotta get back to regular programming, man. Gotta get we're back. And we're back, man. And we're back. And mm. I mean, today's podcast is um, interesting. La. Interesting to mm. say the least. Yeah. It feels like today the news that <laughs> we were doing this research, some fucking weird articles out there, man. Yeah. Weird ass shit happening so, abroad and in Singapore. Yeah. So uh, we're selected to yeah. But um, but before that, anything you want to say, Terrence? Uh, I think as always, if you're new to this podcast, especially, uh, do help us out. Leave a review of this podcast wherever you listen to it, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or other platforms, because that will go a long way in helping people discover this podcast as well. And you know, uh, share the share the love, lah. Basically, mm, share yeah. the love, man. Share the love. Mm. Sweet man. Are you going to segue Which, with that on that yeah. note? <laughs> I know, I was just about to, I was just saying, you, yes, it's important to share the love, but sometimes it can be a little bit too much as well, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever your intention was, mm. as demonstrated by, you know, this first uh, public figure, what has happened to this public figure in the last like 48 hours, I believe, right? Yes, yes, uh, last 48 hours. So, I mean, essentially... Um, a video of the the Dalai Lama, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, went viral, um, and it basically showed um an interaction with him and a, a young man at a event that happened I think about a month a month or two ago. A um, child, a child, no young yeah, man, a child. right? Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, um, it happened on February twenty eighth, um, in in a suburb of Dharamshala, which is where the mm. Dalai Lama lives. Um, there were about 100 school students present at the event. It was organized at a temple. And one of the students there asked the Dalai Lama on microphone if he can hug him. So mm. the Dalai Lama said, yes, come to the platform. Um, and then they hugged. And then mm. uh, the Dalai Lama 
planted a kiss on the boy's lips as as the boy mm. leaned in to pay his respects. And the Dalai Lama stuck out his tongue, placed his forehead against the boy's, and asked the child to suck his tongue. Um, mm. And I mean, whatever videos you see online, the kid's face is uh, blurred out, understandably so. Uh, and mm. it did have a, a light-hearted tone, lah. You know, people in the audience were giggling. The Dalai Lama was giggling. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not so sure about the boy, but in the end, I don't think the boy sucked his tongue. The boy stuck out his tongue, mm. apparently, but there was no sucking involved, lah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened back on February twenty eighth. Then it recently went viral, and there's a there's a whole lot of reactions to mm. the video and. The Dalai Lama himself, or at least his Twitter account, has come out um, with a statement, lah, just saying that um, he he regrets uh, what he did. He would like to apologize to the family, the kids, but also with a little bit of a note saying that he often teases uh, whoever he meets in whatever interactions, lah. So mm-hmm. that was the the statement that was put out as a screenshot on his yeah. uh, account, on his Twitter account. Yeah. So yeah. that's where we're at. Mm. And um, I mean, the, we, we, I think the yeah, the interesting to add, interesting thing to add is that a lot of the reactions, uh, especially on Twitter, you know, if you just look at his uh, Twitter account and that that post in particular, uh, are basically just mm. going out right and saying, uh, pedophile, uh, you know, mm. they need to investigate what goes on behind closed doors. Uh, it's horrible. It's it's called grooming. So yeah, the reactions are quite extreme, really, lah. From what uh, mm. the Dalai Lama himself has characterized as uh, playful behavior and merely mm. words that could have hurt the boy and his family and and his friends, uh, people are going to the extreme of yeah, just basically saying that uh, yeah, calling him a pedophile and all already, uh, which mm. is uh, not not a you know uh, especially as a religious figurehead, uh, it's not a, mm. it's not a very nice thing to have hanging over your head, lah. Uh, uh, mm. But I, I don't know, have you seen a lot of other kinds of reactions that aren't, they don't veer towards that extreme of calling him pedophile? Uh, I've seen one video on YouTube, a Tibetan lawmaker, who says mm. that um, this is just a light-hearted play with a young, mm. with a young child, uh, just like how many people yeah. do play with children um, innocently. And mm. there's no malice or no hidden agenda there. So let's not overblow mm. the topic. But... By and large, the reactions have been uh, along the lines of like, "What the fuck?" Mm, right. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so before before we dive into that, what 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 was your impression of the Dalai Lama uh, up till that point? Uh, I think he, because I mean, the context is he's a spiritual leader mm. of uh, seen as a spiritual leader of the Buddhism faith uh, in uh, amongst Tibetan people, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, largely, he's known for having lived in self-exile in India, uh, following uh, you know the China's annexation of uh, and annexing um, Tibet, right? Mm-hmm. So he, I think, he was awarded a Nobel Peace Prize like in the eighties, and so he's generally been seen as a uh, you know a very unifying figure, a very respected unifying figure, uh, you know, who has stood up to. Uh, the powers that be, and 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 you know, has devoted his life to pursuing spirituality. You know, he's not married; he's got no kids and everything. So since I think, and that was since he was two years old, and he was identified as the reincarnation of the last Dalai Lama as well, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the you know, if you look up fun facts about Dalai Lama, that's what that's, those are probably what you you'll find out. And, that's the general impression of him, at least. But for you, how about you? Do you have any deeper impressions of him? Um, I mean, he always struck me as like a good bridge between, um, like a religion or or tradition and the more modern world, like both in terms of mm. society and technology and culture. Uh, because yeah. I mean, like what you said, um, he's been around for a super long time. He was born in mm. nineteen thirty-five. And mm. by uh, 1940, he was the spiritual leader and head of the country uh, mm. of Tibet. Um, and then he took, um, he, he formally uh, t- took over when he was 15 in 1950. Mm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he, his reign essentially as the Dalai Lama has been from 1940 till now, mm. um, which is, which is a very, very long, long time. Um mm. 
And I mean, sorry, in 1950, at the age of 15, he was really kind of like designated as the as the Dalai Lama, but he assumed political duties uh, when he was 15. Mm. So up till mm. then, yeah, he was uh, the figurehead. Lah. So, I mean, he's been around for so long and I think everyone has probably seen an interview or two where he's talking with, you know, like people like John Oliver or, mm. or, or some of the more popular people in entertainment culture. And he always struck me as someone who was eloquent, who had a sense of humor, who was not like this outdated religious figure where you're like, okay, this guy lives in a different world. He lives in, mm. in the current world. And I feel like he was mm. keeping, keeping up with the times, like even though he's had his controversies in the past. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think once when he said if there was a woman who succeeds him, she needs to be attractive. That happened in 2019. He got a lot of backlash mm. for that. Yeah. Uh, he made comments about India and Pakistan previously, uh, got in trouble for that. So yeah. But then, I don't know, when I see this video, right, mm. I'm like, wow, I know our podcast is called Yalabad, but what is the but? What is the but? What I cannot see a but. but. I cannot see yeah. a but. Yeah. Um, tough. La. I mean, for me as a parent, especially mm. as a parent now, yeah. uh, you know, your young children, you realize how, I, I mean, and maybe there's something you forget as an adult, you know? You think that, oh, certain things are so obvious and, and you kind of forget what it's like to be a child to, to, to you know, see the world around you as this big uh, place full of promise, but but you might not even, you might not even be aware of the dangers around you, like, right? But mm. as an adult, I think you are more cognizant of that and, uh, but you see, you know, for better or worse, that children approach the world with this openness and this, this, this like, uh, innocence, like, that uh can be very quickly taken from them uh by by you know bad actors and all that right mm. so yeah the it, it's as a parent like I'm just thinking if anybody said that kind of thing to you to your to my child like, right like suck my tongue or something like that it would be there would be chaos like, a bit limit, right I will flip out like, right because it's mm. it's just something it's one of those things that even if it's not even if it's just meant to be playful or what it's just really uncalled for. Uh, and it, even if it doesn't result in the child being traumatized, okay, if we don't want, if we say, okay, let's not go down a slippery slope with the child being traumatized, it was just playful behavior. There's still a lot of explaining to do to the child about like why certain behaviors are inappropriate and things like that, like, right? Mm. Because uh, I think some people have rightfully pointed out, it, it, I mean, yeah, like, whatever your intentions are, uh, the action the action itself uh, is not very appropriate, like, right? Asking mm. asking someone, uh, especially a minor, to suck on your tongue, right? Mm. So, yeah, you can say what your intentions are, but the action that was done was uh, was uh, could be hurtful, and mm. and that's where I I you know you don't I wouldn't jump out and say oh he's a pedophile, but I would say that uh, it's a very unfortunate thing that that he did, especially in front of cameras as well, mm. yeah. But but apparently, okay, so one thing unique to um, uh, Tibetan folklore or Tibetan culture mm. is that uh, sticking out your tongue, it, it's seen like not disrespectful like it is in a lot of countries. Like in Singapore, if mm. I go on the street and I stick out my tongue at someone, they'll be like, hey, like, uh, uh, you, what, like what, what are you doing? Like, you know? And we, are, we, are, mm. we grew up with that, you know, like little stick your tongue out as an as a insult or a sign of disrespect. Like. But apparently mm. in Tibet, um, there is this culture where it's seen to be like a greeting, la, sticking out your tongue. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason is it dates back to somewhere along the 9th century when the Tibetan king Lang Dharma, uh, mm. who at that point in time was famous for his cruelty, he was said to have a black tongue. So mm. after he died, um, Tibet Tibetans um, used to sh stick out their tongue to show that he they are not a reincarnation of him. Mm, mm, yeah so mm. then it kind of evolved uh, as part of a traditional greeting uh, to yeah. to stick the stick the tongue out like. but the tradition is not to suck tongues it is to stick yeah. your tongue out okay yeah. so that's a that's a big difference but um uh, so okay so another thing is he's he's 87 no Terrence mm, I'm sure everyone mm. has had a 87 year old uncle who said some dumb ass shit um, mm. that you look you're like okay la, he's 87, call it a different time, call it like a aging um, mental capacity. I don't know. Like, is there any, any, any sliver of, of, uh, of a yellow butt there? 
There is, uh, there is. I, I think I saw a video, I'm not sure if the same one that you saw, of, uh, I think it's Tibetan, uh, someone who put out a video saying that uh, it really was nothing more than a playful interaction between a respected elder and a child. In the sense that, you know, the guy was saying that, you know, in Tibet, growing up, uh, putting your forehead together with an adult is a sign of, uh, is a sign of respect and a sign of uh, affection. Uh, hmm. Kissing on the lips, you know, between the adult and the child also is a sign of respect and a sign of uh, affection. So it is very, very, very common in um, Tibetan culture to do that. And then to your point, uh, sticking out the tongue is also much more common in Tibetan culture. Uh, I don't know whether it's a sign of respect or greeting or what, but it's uh, done more commonly like, right, than in other parts of the world. Mm. Uh, so you combine all that together with the fact that uh, essentially it's an elder, you know, uh, you know, when you play with a child, then there's an escalation of like, uh, escalation of, of things that you're playing with, like, right? You say, oh, you touch my forehead. Oh, okay. Touch my nose. Okay. Kiss me on the lips. Okay, then what's left? Nothing left. Oh, I stick out my tongue. He asked him to suck the tongue. Like. So mm. that was his, that was the explanation for why uh, if a Tibetan person sees that, it will seem like a completely uh, normal interaction between the elder and the boy, like, right? Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I do see that as a possibility. But, uh, you know, just a couple of things. is One is the boy... It's not, it's not, the boy's not Tibetan, right? I mean, he's, I think he's from India. Mm. And, uh, I think he doesn't speak, uh, the same language as, as, uh, the same native language as the, as the Dalai Lama himself, like, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, one, th- that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, yeah, the sucking on my tongue, <laughs> suck on the tongue, maybe is the unfortunate use of a word. Because I think that from what I was watching the video, he's saying that is, is, it's just a playful thing on eat my tongue. You know, like like you would say to, you know, to the 90s kids. Last time is uh, Bart Simpson would say, eat my shorts. That kind of thing, mm. like, right? There's well, nothing, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing sexual about telling someone, eat my shorts. Or, or, or you know, like, uh, kiss my ass. That kind of thing. Nothing mm. sexual about it. If anything, it was, it's to insult them and make fun of them, like, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So in some ways, they said that this was just an escalation of an old man playing with a young, affectionately with a young boy, and maybe the term "suck my tongue" was the wrong word, a verb to use. Like, mm. if, if more appropriately, would have been "eat my tongue" or something, you know. Um, yeah, So that is what the the butt in the yala butt would be la. And then I mean, the video goes on to purport a lot of like, oh, why is why is it that the video, you know, it was live streamed uh, in February and then now, only now, like a month later, it has been cut up to, you know, to be out there in the world and to suddenly raise a ruckus about him. And he goes into some political uh, conspiracy about like why this is happening at this point in time. Now. I mean, but that all aside, is, I, I think, um, you know, like a lot of people, I, I'm just looking at this, this exchange between the Dalai Lama and the boy and and that's why I feel like uh, it's 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 hard to defend like It's very hard to defend for anyone outside the world, and and you know even the hearing that Tibetan person uh, uh, making the argument, it felt a bit like uh, it, it felt a bit like you're you're, you're being an apologist a little bit for for his behavior. Because again, like I say if it was anyone else who said this kind of thing to some random young boy or what, uh, the guy would probably be like you know, beaten on on the curb or arrested or something in any other country, right? Mm. But because this is Dalai Lama, it seems like uh, people are making up a lot of excuses for their behavior, and and, mm. and taking his taking his word that it was nothing but purely play, a playful interaction, Yeah, was was one of the reasons that the guy put forth uh, something to do with the Chinese Communist Party and how they are trying to cause this ruckus to to discredit his leadership. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, because yeah, I saw that somewhere also. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's so it's so complicated. I I didn't really go deep into it, lah. But do you do you what 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 do you make what what sense could you make of that whole thing? Uh I mean, yeah, like, It's trying to find reasons. I also saw some claims that the videos being shared by Western media are cut up in a way to you know focus on the lingering gaze of the Dalai Lama on the child mm. and all that. Mm. But if you look at the full live stream one, it's it's less incriminating, lah. But then, like you also, when either way, right? It's just, it's just weird, lah. 
It's just mm. weird watching it. And I've been trying to ask, like, when I watch it, is it weird because of, oh, you know, now everyone is more conscious with, like, uh, minors and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I think that is a thing. Uh, maybe 10 years ago, um, not to say that, oh, I used to think it was okay for pedophiles last, uh, last time. Yeah. But now I think everyone yeah. is more aware, la, right? So More aware, yeah. And also, like, yeah, we know what the, uh, you know, pedophiles, how pedophiles uh, disarm children, la, right? So to speak. Yeah. How they prey on them, how it starts with very innocent questions and starts with very uh, innocent observations about their appearance and things like that. That's why uh, I think we're just all we're all just much more aware of these kind of things, really, lah. Yeah. So, so I mean, along those lines, right? Like, n- uh, not to say that he has pedophilic tendencies or anything, but I think mm. in this day and age, one thing that I always appreciated about him was that he seemed like, like what I said earlier, like he's keeping with the times. You know, mm. he understands the cultural nuances and social. Uh, norms that have evolved over time, which is very admirable. Like, you know, he's 87 mm. years old. No? So for someone who is as globally known as that, who has rubbed shoulders with almost like so many famous people in the world, held his own in thousands of interviews, to do that makes me think like, hey, is he is he not aware that that there's a global lens or magnifying glass on, on shit like this? Mm. So mm. even if he's totally innocent um it just doesn't look good and to cut like to the icing on the cake is that he's a spiritual leader la, mm. who is also tied to a religion yeah and i think that's where it gets tricky because certain religions like uh, i think we've done a few podcasts on like the catholic church in singapore covering up certain um deeds that 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 is a sore topic that everyone is aware of uh, and mm. and it just paints that religion a certain way, lah. Yeah, which is unfair to the people in those religion who practice who don't do any terrible shit. But now you look at it, it's like the Dalai Lama last time he used to be like almost like untainted, lah. At least, mm. um, like when you make stupid comments and all, when it involves a child, right? It's really yeah. no coming back, lah. Yeah, yeah, it's that's the unfortunate thing, lah. Like all his previous incidences, like you mentioned, yeah. I can I can pass those off as. Yeah, la, he's an 87 year old uncle, so maybe a little bit out of touch with how, how younger people are talking and all that. But when you see the action of someone like almost like pulling a kid towards him, kissing him on the lips, in full view of the public, even the mother sitting there, uh, you know, uh, right right there. Actually, you can you literally see her sitting there in the video, so like, apparently. Um yeah, the whole thing and because he's such a respected, powerful figure. There's just this whole like the narrative of their power imbalance or will surely come and haunt him, right? So yeah. if anything, uh if I was uh him or the people around him, and then when the boy come and ask for a hug, I would I would have stepped in, like, restricted okay, one hug only, one hug and nothing more. You know, but that's that was it. is a hug what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just a hug and nothing more. The problem is that they they lingered, you know, they lingered head to head and then the kiss on the lips everything someone should have just stepped in like okay okay enough enough go boy go back down go back downstairs please no more you know so next time if I see your kid I'm only entitled to one hug is it uh, hug also depends uh, hug depends <laughs> yeah 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 just you see, you see even for kids also a lot of times you tell them just cause you tell them to hug or they don't won't necessarily come and hug you either right you know mm. so that's where him being such a powerful figure him then the visual of him like almost like pulling the boy, the boy towards him, you know, squeezing his cheeks and everything, and then you kissing on the lips and all already lah. When when the boy already seemed a bit hesitant about it, uh, that's where as a parent I would feel like, hey, that's quite the the, the kid looks, uh, looks doesn't not say distressed but doesn't know how to react lah to this, and mm. then before you proceed any further, then we should explain to him like, you know, this is what they do in their culture or. Or Tibetans with their culture, and maybe that's why you feel like it's like, but you know, but there wasn't that opportunity, like, obviously. Because I guess, yeah. yeah, so I mean, the 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 thing about it almost makes you, makes anyone look back on aspects of the Tibetan culture with a with a negative lens, like, unfortunately. Mm. Like. Because yeah. I mean, I've seen some people say, if this happens in public, what happens in private? And I don't think <laughs> there's ever been any talk of like the monasteries in Tibet and all having this kind of things going on in the background. Yeah. But now there's that sea, la, you mm, know? Mm. Um, and I mean, it, it, it does tarnish it, but I also wonder how long this will last. Because, mm. I mean, you know, recently in Singapore, I won't, I won't name the person, 
But a certain public figure um, mm. has appeared on social media once again, um, mm. who had some, some, some uh, offenses involving minors, lah. Mm, right. Mm, mm. He's begun posting again, uh, wanting to share his side of the story, um, and he just blows my mind how people have been reacting to him. I mean, yeah. I'll just say like it's decosh, lah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not to say that that I'm I'm dragging him in for this, but just watching that uh, and how people have been reacting so positively to him, wanting to share his side of the story, you know. I mean, I, I think second chances should be given to everyone, but I've just mm. been surprised by how people have been reacting to his approach where he's talking mm. about sharing his side of the story after having gone to jail, gone to jail after being convicted of a crime involving minors. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So that's where, and no way am I comparing him to the Dalai Lama, but I'm just saying that <laughs> that is the thing about of of public figures and celebrities and and people who are revered, mm. which, mm. which I mean, can you imagine if we went like fucking the primary school talks we have given and all, we just ask kids to suck our tongue, we'd be arrested. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, even for us, uh, even production and all, anytime there's a kid involved. Like uh, for she's a terrorist series. There was a young kid, yeah. uh, kid actress, very, very, very good actress that that worked quite closely alongside you and all that, right? And hmm. like we would mandate that the mother or a caretaker must be there throughout the time of the filming, uh, yeah. because you know we we know these things are very sensitive for children. And then we are we were doing what was considered an adult series, like, right? So we took great pains to make sure that you know even the place where the kid rested and all that there weren't all these scary like a uh, terrorist propaganda or you know the the sex toys and all that that were in the near nearby the vicinity uh, it was just something mm. that we we're just very conscious of and i, I feel like that's just how things are today like where people are much more aware and conscious of these things and we we have to you know uh maintain these standards if we are if we want to continue directing want to continue producing things as well so yeah. yeah like like what you said if for the dalai lama i mean he's got a whole entourage of people that that probably should have and could have stepped in at some point to 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 prevent this from escalating la. yeah i mean i just I, I just remember when we were on set because yeah there was one character who played by noya who worked in a sex shop right yeah. so inevitably on set there were a lot of sex toys including yeah. sex dolls and dildos and i yeah. remember having conversations with like the props person saying okay um we're gonna shoot the scene with the uh with the child here um, how long will it take to move all the dildos out um, and then after the scene finished, can we, how long will it take to move the dildos back in? Yeah. Um, and just do sort of things, uh, you know, and we were very upfront with the, with the mom saying, okay, auntie, there's going to be dildos in the background. Are you comfortable mm. with that for your child? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so I guess to anyone who is holding the title of a spiritual leader around the world, who just mm. happens to listen to this, um, please take note that you also have to up your game, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Any, any interactions with kids? And all you just have to be super conscious about it. I don't even say as a spiritual leader or public figure, even as a parent, when mm. I'm around other other kids, other kids, uh, other yeah, kids, uh, even without their parents around, when I'm around other kids, I am super careful with what I say or how I phrase it and things because I know that uh I even just as a consideration factor, I don't want to to, you know, leave the burden of having to explain something to the to the another parent's child, another parent and the child, you know, uh, mm. by, by by saying something wrong or saying something inappropriate, then later they bring that home to their parent, and the parent has to think about how to explain it to them and all. So it's it's very dicey, like, when you're dealing with kids. Mm. Yeah. Oh, at the rate things are are going, maybe it needs to be a subject also, you know, for young kids how to deal with sexual predators. You know, when we were young, we were like don't don't speak to strangers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now right. it's like, don't suck the tongue, tongues of strangers. <laughs> people ask you suck tongue, even yeah, powerful people ask no. you suck tongue, yeah, okay. say no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. Yeah. If someone asks you to suck their tongue, just say yeah. no. Okay, yeah. it's general practice. Yeah, last time but, don't speak to strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries, like teaching boundaries is not easy, man. It's, it's not an easy thing to teach children, you know? Because, mm. yeah, because they, they, yeah, la, they are, basically at the face of their life when they're just, uh, they're absorbing everything. La, and, and they put a lot of trust in the figures of authority around them. La. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, Ugh. yes. Weird. That's a tough one. But yeah, yeah speaking of, uh, but yeah, speaking of boundaries, la, you know, mm. 
we come back closer, closer to, to where we are in Singapore. But not in Singapore. Still <laughs> in uh, Korea itself, where a Singaporean has uh, caused a bit of a stir uh, online, uh, right? Uh, I don't know whether the online community in Korea or just on Twitch or in Singapore. Uh, but yeah, this this particular Twitch streamer has caused a bit of a ruckus in in Seoul, Korea. Uh, and what is this incident that she has caused? Uh? Mm, so it's a Twitch streamer who goes by the name of Kiara Kitty. Um, and I mean, she's got 507,000 followers on Twitch, mm. right? So uh, she was streaming like uh, real time in Korea. And suddenly during the live stream, there's a police officer that that comes up uh, next to her and tells her to, to stop. Lie. And apparently someone had reported to the police for the uh, for, for Kiara having her boobs out. And I say that in air quotes because she is something mm. wearing something very low cut. Um, mm. And not to say you can see her full boobs, you can see a lot of cleavage. Mm. Um, so then she, she passed the police her identity card um, and all that. Lie. And she is wearing something that is somewhat revealing, right? You on, on the streets, uh, with the cleavage popping out like that. Um, yeah, like <laughs> you. So, so that has caused a, a stir because I mean, she's got a lot of followers, and mm. she was posting on TikTok and all that. She got stopped uh, by two cops in Seoul for having her boobs out. Mm. Mm. So, Terence, sure. why, why did you want to talk about this? Um, uh, I think it's a. Uh... <laughs> I I don't know, I just find it quite interesting that we are we're talking about this because um you know if you really like Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media platform where you you get fat videos right a lot of times I realize I just been been fed a lot of like uh K-pop dancing kind of videos like right uh, mm. from, from K-pop stars and all and uh I would say, yeah, they're, they're usually dressed very skimpily, dressed in very small mini skirt kind of outfits and things like that. And that, that's all like celebrated and, and, you know, it's a big part of K-pop culture and all that, right? You know, like bands like Blackpink and all. So yeah. it was quite surprising for me that, that there's this, uh, that a Twitch streamer from Singapore who, you know, she's still, she's not, Exactly wearing she's not wearing underwear, la, right? She's definitely wearing yeah, something not. provocative, but it's not underwear either. Uh you you could argue that it's it's just a different type of fashion, la, right? Um I was just quite surprised that she would get stopped by the police from a place like Korea, la, you know? In a place mm. like Korea. We're not talking about like uh like a very socially conservative uh you know, kind of town or city or or, or in the in in the outskirts of Korea or anything like that. We're talking about Seoul. Seoul itself, like, right? Cultural mm. capital of the country and all. So, yeah, it was just quite a surprising thing for me. Like. But for you, like, uh, why, why, why were you so excited to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. You were the one who suggested this as a topic that we voted on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but I did give it a high score like, in terms of, okay, mm. this is interesting. I mean, it's just like a, like, the I mean, on one hand, okay, ten, 10 years ago, Singapore was known for a very narrow scope of things uh, globally, la, you know, caning mm. uh, yeah. and emotionless and a lot of, of, lot of rules. Mm. Um, but it feels like now, every other week, some Singaporean yeah. is in the international news. Yeah. You know, a few yeah. weeks ago for testifying against Congress. Yeah. Um, and then now, for like uh, wearing something re- that shows your cleavage on the streets of Seoul. Mm, so mm. on one hand, I think it's cool <laughs> that you know now people know Singapore is not just one dimensional. We have a whole yeah. range of people. Yeah. Um, but then also in this sort of case, yeah, it did strike me as like um, Seoul. I mean, I'm I'm confused about Korea, uh, South South Korea, and Seoul in general. I haven't been there, uh, which mm. is what I wanted to ask you also. But like what you said, right? You know, um, certain on YouTube, I also sometimes chance upon these fan cams of like K-pop. Uh, singers and all and the way they dance it mm. really looks like they're having sex on stage with clothes mm. Um, mm. and and yeah it's always it's it's there's a certain like oh you know of course that's a K-pop K-pop star you know and all that but on the streets of Seoul feels like yeah this reminds me kind of like Singapore you know we mm. 
we think of ourselves as progressive liberal but you have some people who are very very conservative lah yeah um, yeah and i wanted to ask you like what was your experience in seoul because you went there mm. earlier this year or late last year yeah uh early this year early this year early yeah. this year yeah yeah uh, it i went, jive yeah but one thing is that i went smack in the middle of uh like one of the, oh, winter. Like a very very cold winter so mm. everyone I would say 99% of people are bundled up and you're not going to see people revealing a lot of skin. Nah. There literally was uh, snowstorms when I was there, you know, okay. So so that's one thing. But the other thing I realized about, uh, that, that I also observed about Korea is that uh, fashion, you know, fashion and, and branded goods and sneakers, all these things are very a very, very big part of the culture. Lah. So um, if you're very interested in any of those things, especially sneakers, Korea is quite fun because they, you know, they had a lot of huge sneaker outlets and, and all that. And it seems like everyone is uh, into buying all these things. Uh. Uh, mm. You know, and I'm saying that even compared to like Japan, which I feel Japan is like its own animal in terms of like, uh, it has, it's on the extremes. Like, it's either very, very conservative kind of dressing or very, very extreme. Like, right? Whereas mm. in Korea, I would say the mainstream is that people are very, very uh, into fashion, into chasing, into brands into dressing up and looking cool and all that, right? Um, mm. So yeah, it, it is it is quite a jarring when you see that. Eh? What, you never realize that they could be so socially conservative as well. But, but that also brings me to the, the, what, you know, I think uh, what, what we fail to realize is that um, maybe the people or society has progressed a certain way, uh, but the laws... And the institutions will take some time to catch up, right? Mm. And you must admit that Korea's uh, surge in the you know in the soft power in in gaining soft power around the world in in becoming influential influential in pop culture and all that has really mm. only happened in the last twenty to thirty years, right? Mm. Uh, and that's in in the larger scheme of things, that's a very short amount of time. So maybe the laws for public decency or, or nudity or whatever haven't caught up yet. So. I think in this instance of Kiara Kitty, it's like as long as there's a complaint from a member of the public to the police mm. about what she's wearing, uh, they have to go investigate it, right? And yeah. ultimately, they they let her. I think they let her off, right? They didn't they didn't arrest her or anything. They let her off with yeah. a, a warning or something. So so I mean, based um, on her Twitter account, she went down to the station for questioning because a report mm. was made that she was fully naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in some exactly. way, it's a false report line. This is coming straight from yeah. her own Twitter account. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, so yeah. To just to finish my point is that, yeah. So I mean, the police are just doing their job in a in a place where they have no choice but to go and report or investigate these things because some a member of the public complained about it, and there's a law. I think there's a law against uh public indecency, lah. So mm. in Singapore, we also have the same the same uh similar kind of approach to things, like If a member of the public uh, complaints about something uh, I think the police are obligated to go investigate and go and question and all that like, right mm-hmm. so I don't think it's directly saying that Korea is such a you know the whole society, Korean society is so uptight it's so strict on it but it's really just about the institutions that maybe haven't caught up with the times yet mm. because if we look at this and we're like oh Seoul is so so conservative then we're doing exactly mm. what people were doing to Singapore years ago Right, you yeah. see this one incident yeah. and you extrapolate it. Like, and I mean, just to give context, like I think this is probably like a great thing for Kiara Kitty. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, she if you just Google her name, there's a bunch of stuff that she got famous for. Like, I think one at one point she was selling her own farts in a jar for $30. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. So, so also understanding that <laughs> that is the context of the world that she lives in. Not to say that yeah. she called the police on her own. Um, it might just be someone, but... Like I think for me the main the most interesting thing was like oh this is another Singaporean in international news. Um, yeah. I mean I don't I don't think she's breaking the law wearing what she what she's wearing because uh, mm. I saw some people saying oh you know when you got to respect the laws of the country you you go in yeah. but yeah I don't think it's breaking the law. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean and I mean she has had surgical implants la, so her cleavage mm. it is it is big la, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this kind of reminds me of that time. Remember when in uh, there was literally a cosplay event at Suntec City, yeah, uh, many years ago, and I think uh, one of the cosplayers' costumes showed under boob, you know, the bottom mm. side of the boob. Uh. 
Mm. And I think because there was also, it was a Sunday and there happened to be a church service in the same building at the same time. Uh, they encountered each other. These two groups encountered each other within the expo halls of the Suntec City. And someone called the police on the cosplayer, you know, saying that it's public indecency and everything, like, showing the under mm, mm, mm. So, um, I can't remember what happened there at the end, but uh, it shows you that, yeah, well, what's what's public indecency for, for one group can just be, you know, it's just fashion like, for another. And, mm. and these kind of things happen anywhere around the world. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it's just, it's just a, I mean, we've also done a video at a cosplay convention way before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way right. back. And, yeah, this topic was just something like, I, I, I can't imagine people having very strong opinions against what, what uh, they yeah. were. Because like, even the example you brought up, it was just one or two people who felt that way, like, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just one or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just, Oh man, the news these days. And I mean, yeah. like I mentioned today uh, earlier that the news today was just weird because even in Singapore, there's another case of a guy apparently fucking a cat. Like, what the yeah. hell is going on, man? Yeah, what the heck is going on in Singapore? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that one, that, that topic is really like no no point even talking about. It's just weird. Yeah. But yeah, yeah man. What 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 a, yeah. what what a past few days. Uh. Yeah, so just weird ass times. But um. I think now it's time to move on to our one short comment of the past few days, man. Yes. Yeah. And do you have a one short comment? Uh, I think my one short comment is actually uh, on Facebook when our last guest, So Ryong himself, Mm. uh, shared our podcast. And he basically extracted uh, something that I I mentioned as uh, as part of the podcast to, to talk about. Yeah. To, to pop to talk about his podcast I like, saying that my return to the Singapore Sea Games team has been dubbed the return of the prodigal son by Yalabad and likened to Cristiano's Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Manchester United. I hope my return will be much better fated. Full podcast here enjoy. So <laughs> I just found it uh yeah pretty pretty funny that he he pulled out that part as like the, the intro in terms of describing our podcast that, that he is like Cristiano Ronaldo going back to Manchester yeah, United. But he is uh, um, he is unique he, la, to say the he's least. He's an eternal so. optimist, uh, eternal optimist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at least uh, there is some self awareness there that you know Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Manchester United also ended quite uh quite spectacularly as well. La. So yeah, just have to be careful. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Um, and you, what's your so, one short comment? So my one short comment was uh, wait, uh, uh Okay, so my one short comment was uh, along the lines of like uh, uh, how does a podcast make stable income in Singapore, which was a collaboration we did with the Financial Coconut. Um, it was shared on our Reddit by Jungle Jimbo eighty eight, long time commenter, and uh, I mean even heard from But Then Ho. I guess yeah. it's nice that that with Yalabad, you know, we've done a few podcasts with the Financial Coconut, and and it it resonates with at least some of our listeners, which is cool because. We also don't want it to be like we appear on, on other podcasts and it's still not something that our listeners enjoy. So when they shared it here, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I appreciate people like keeping a lookout for stuff where we go on and talk because, uh, I mean, there, there is going to be another podcast where we appear on another big podcast in Singapore coming out soon. So mm. yeah, so so thanks for giving that a shot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. And what is your one shot thing? Uh, my, my one shook thing is, um, an article that, uh, a, a good friend shared with me after a recent episode we did about, you know, like, uh, the habits of people when they pee, la, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and how much, uh, uh, how my observation was that I don't understand how people can pee with just one hand. Uh, mm-hmm. even though someone pointed out on Reddit that I should stop looking at people pee and how they pee. I don't I don't intentionally look at their pee, okay? It's just in the vicinity. When I yeah. can see them using their phone, by simple subtraction, I can uh, ascertain that there's only one hand guarding the, the pee process. La. So there was an article mm. that um, a good friend shared called The Splashback Scandal and uh, whether should all men sit down to urinate. Mm. Um, and it just goes into detail about how just by peeing into water uh, or like a urinal, there is a lot of splashback. 
Mm, uh, there's is, a lot of yeah. germs that go into the air and it, it's just something that maybe we should consider, you know, that even men should sit down when they pee. Uh, mm. Because apparently, like, even even if your toothbrush is, like, just one or two meters away from uh, the the toilet bowl or something, just by peeing into it, it can, it can pick up certain air droplets of, mm. of what comes out from the toilet bowl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think it's one thing that we mentioned it also on that podcast about how probably people's phones are fucking gross. Mm. But it's one of those things that I think maybe we don't spend enough enough time thinking about. Like we try and like, you know, wash hands and all. But the splashback, right? Uh there's a lot that happens. Mm. So so I don't know, maybe in future all uh, women and men's to- uh, toilets will all have no urinals. It'll just be seated toilets. So the article was was interesting because um, it's it's uh, it just talks about the research around splashback, lah. Yeah, splashback, <laughs> splashback. Wow. splashback. Yeah, so I, but, I, 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 yeah. No, I was gonna say I'll admit that that yeah, lah, that that point that the redditor made uh it was true, lah. Like, eh, like who looks at other people while using the urinal themselves, lah? Right, dude. I'm not, realized, looking, oh, okay. so Harish, I'm not looking. Harish, Harish does that. <laughs> okay, I'm not looking at them as I pee. If you uh, walk past a urinal and you see someone using their phone, then uh, you don't need to look uh, at their lower half to I know see, that see. they're only using one hand. Dude, see this is where you're like trying to frame me as a fucking pervert. No. No. You can look at their you can just glance at their like happen to see in your vicinity. You you know when even when you're looking straight when peeing, you can tell that the person next to you is using their phone. Like, mm. Right. Without looking. Right. Yes, it's not say unless they have three hands. Uh, yeah. I I assume they are only using one hand to peel. No, but I, I generally try to tunnel vision a little bit when peeing. Like, don't go and like look. At yeah, okay, okay. Them. You can consciously yeah, yeah, yeah. you can consciously narrow your vision. <laughs> is it your peripheral vision? You can consciously do that. Is it? Don't give me the shit, just, parents. Just don't give me yeah. shit. Don't give so me anything shit. So if anything we learned from this podcast today, to not you know not to just make sure you don't uh, give people the wrong ideas. Don't ask children to suck your tongue. And don't look at other people while you're peeing in a urinal. Dude, I'm not looking at if you you when this is a mischaracterization, can I clarify it's a mischaracterization? You can look straight and still notice that someone's using their phone on their side. Yeah, which uh, is why I I try to pee in cubicles if I can. Oh, yeah. really? Interesting. Uh, if I can. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you're the guy that like every the urinals, uh, the cubicles all empty, you will choose a cubicle. Uh, uh I mean if the cubicle is empty, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah. And then now you can say, oh, oh, cause of splashback. That's why you don't want to use the. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, smart, <laughs> brilliant. It's the, it's the <laughs> splashback, <laughs> man. It's the splashback, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Exactly, man. Uh, yeah, so the article was great, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but what about okay. you, man? Cool. Uh, but what you think is actually uh, just over the weekend was the UFC 287 event. And uh, I mean, it was a really fun, uh, you know, if you're into mixed martial arts and all, it was it's a very good event with a lot of good fights and everything. But I mm. think the what's what was the best part about it was the ending like, when the when Israel Adesanya, the challenger mm. who was you know one of the was the champion before but got knocked out by by his big challenger, he came back and he defeated uh, Alex Pereira, which was who has been like the kryptonite for him throughout his whole career. Even outside mm. of uh, mixed martial arts, when he was doing kickboxing, I think uh, before Saturday, Israel Adesanya had lost twice in kickboxing to this same guy, and then lost once in mixed martial arts to this same guy as well, uh, and lost mm. his championship at the same time. So when he came back and he knocked out Alex Pereira this time, um, you know, at the at the end he gave a very a very interesting uh, post fight interview, uh, where he where he really said that it's it's you know uh, he. He addressed the crowd saying, I hope everyone in their life, whatever you're doing behind the screen, uh, even if you're using it on your phone or the urinal or what, whatever you're doing on your phone screen, you will experience this happiness, this joy once in your life. Uh, but he will say that this joy, he, he I'm paraphrasing, he says that this joy will never come if you don't challenge yourself. So mm. I think that's the point where I was like, wow, this is a... This the story of this knockout is more awesome than what the fight was itself, la. Because mm. we everyone knows he's a great fighter all that. But the truth is that he was basically knocked out by his kryptonite. You know, the one guy who beat beaten him three times before, knocked him out twice before. You know, um, 
So to really peel yourself off the ground and, and to come back and, you know, a lot of people made fun of him. All the memes are coming out about him and people saying he's cringy and all that. But he came and then he, he really put in the work and showed that, yeah, he's still, that he's willing to lay 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 his everything on the line to pursue what he what he believes in. I think that's mm. very inspirational. Uh, and yeah, that to me was like, that was the point I was won over to his side. Because I, originally I was like, I always thought he's like, oh, it's so cringy, the stuff he says and all. Mm. But watching this and the whole sequence of it was just like uh, one of the best stories, sports stories that, that I've seen in a while. Yeah. Oh, really? Because yeah? mm. I mean, I saw the last part of the fight. It was against the tide, right? He was getting like hammered and then he just caught the guy and then knocked him out. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, then he claimed he was playing possum and, and, you know, trying to lure the guy in and all. But I, I don't know how true that is. But it was a very tense, like the, the, the one and a half rounds that occurred were very tense and very like, it could go either way. La. But but I think the whole narrative of having lost to someone three times before and everyone just talking and everyone on social media for the last few months were just like, you know, saying how, uh, you know, it's, 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 it might be four and all, la. basically he will get knocked out one more time. La. Because it was mm. so, the last time was, it was so, uh, the, I mean, he's been knocked out twice by this guy already. So a lot of people have said that, yeah, he, maybe he should take some time away, then come back again and try, you know, because there is something to losing to the same guy three times, like, right? That makes it, that'll mm. probably make you like reconsider, hey, is this, am I really able to do this? Like? But he, but he immediately said, no, I want to rematch. And within five months, he came back and did it again. Like, and he, and he mm. won very convincingly this time. So it was mm. quite a quite a beautiful moment that uh you know it's one of those things maybe 10, 20 years down down the road when revisiting it is one of the better stories in uh coming out of the whole mixed martial arts world uh in recent times like, given given the tumultuous all the tumultuous news recently you know whole, the whole power slap nonsense Dana White slapping his wife and then now WWE and UFC merging and stuff like that lah like, yeah. Mm. I mean that's that's good to know because I only saw the last part I saw his speech and I was like this guy's annoying <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. so, so I took away took away very different uh, thing from you because I wasn't mm. fully aware of the backstory mm, mm, mm. yeah that's a that's a that, that's a great thing about like sports uh, like if you really do follow the whole sequence this you can tell a very 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 complete story the whole arc of it is like almost like a movie, watching a Hollywood movie at that. Yeah. Israel yeah. Adesanya. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Yes. Cool. Okay, awesome. Uh, cool. We back. Uh, and, and thanks for listening, everybody. And no sucking on anyone's tongues, please. Yes, yes. No sucking on anyone's tongues. Bye-bye.